0: Dead men tell no tales.
1: Fifteen men on a dead man's chest. Yo-ho-ho oh, and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo-ho-ho oh, and a bottle of rum. You
0: best start for leave. the new ghost stories.
1: You're in one.
0: There are no survivors.
1: And Cleveland is seized. When we deal with the drunken sailor, what Will we deal with the drunken sailor, what Will we deal with the drunken sailor, and the light and the The ship with black sails that's crewed by the dam. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to The Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films. And yes, the expanding universe, we dabble in history, stress the euphemisms, and strive to have a hell of a good swashbuckler time each and every year.
0: (laughs) Once a year. (laughs) Once a year.
1: (laughs) That's what we do now. Once a year. Because we're back, (laughs) and we could just be gone again.
0: Hopefully not. No,
1: we're not going to be gone again.
0: It's not our plan. It's
1: not our plan. I'm Scott Artist from ScottArtist.com. Were you waiting for me?
0: Yeah, because I went to <laughs> this is this is take two, and the last time I went to say my name, and you started going on with other things.
1: So you're and just so going to pause waiting for that. So yes. you just but it's you can't just like try and relive it. We have to shake it up then, because if I were to say exactly the same thing that I had before, then it would sound weirdly scripted. I guess. Okay. I'm sorry that the dogs bark. They ha- they're like, what? You guys are recording again? I thought we were done with that, you bastards.
0: <laughs>
1: because I'm Scott Artis, who's revived from the dead thanks to Tia Dalma. Is that what you were waiting for? Yeah. Something to that effect? thank you. Because that's that- the running theme through the whole show, is that we're revived from the dead.
0: That we are. And I'm Heather Artis from BlackPearlShow.com.
1: <laughs> you say that with a question mark at the end because you never know what the website is. But I'm actually proud of you that you got it. You probably did some today research. It's possible. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today for episode 110 of the Infinite Season (laughs) 2. Maybe it should just be called Movie 2, given this season kind of goes on and on and on.
0: It's the longest season ever.
1: It is. But we're plundering. We're here. We're for minutes 120, 121, trying to get back in the swing of talking on microphones, I guess. (laughs) It's a little old pirate flick known as Dead Man's Chest, Pirates of the Caribbean, in case you haven't heard of it. We're back for a brand new episode. Thanks to everyone for checking in and making sure we're not actually dead. Because I appreciate it. I'm still breathing, kind of. But it's good to get back to the mics and talking some pirate action. I mean, hopefully Heather will keep me active on social media because I'm just terrible at it. But first, before we get into all that, I think it's kind of just the elephant in the room. The, uh... Kraken in the room, or is Rigel? Rigel, I've already screwed. Up. I already forgot who they are. Pentel <laughs> and Rigetti would start to talk back and forth. The Kraken, but we've been MIA, and that means we pretty much let down three thousand six hundred plus listeners. Yeah, we let them down. Yeah. We built up an audience and then we just let them slip away. They just said, floated sorry. away. <laughs> so it's pretty ridiculous.
0: Life got in the way.
1: That is true. I mean, I swear it's just one thing after another, though, and it's, like, too numerous to go through. I'm not going to go through everything, but it's from moving, you know, an unexpected move to PGE planned power outages to crazy work stuff, and, I don't know, we could throw anything else in there that's popped up over the last, dare I say, year. But, however, you know, the outpouring of well wishes from everyone has really been great, and I appreciate it. I mean, that's what kept the black pearl show burning like a fire down below for me anyways (laughs) that's what it did i mean we just didn't want to come back with an episode then blink out again and that was highly possible and so we needed to make sure we're good to roll and that day is finally here and so we knew that, okay, we're making the commit. We're going to be able to do this. We just, like I said, I didn't want to come back, drop an episode, and then all of a sudden we're blacked out for a couple of months. And that's just ridiculous. So if we've let people down, I wanted to let people down once, not multiple times or more than the times we already have. That was basically it. Good idea. I don't know. Did you want to add anything there? Maybe? No. no. No? But I tell you, though, I missed it. So I think we're going to probably need everyone's help, though, just to let the masses know we've actually returned to the so-called airwaves, if you want to call it that. It might be challenging to build up our audience again, but I think I'm going to give it a shot. Or we'll just be talking to ourselves.
0: That's okay, too.
1: The Cursed Pirate listeners crew is chiming in already. That's good.
0: we got to go to shout out for Cynthia. She's kind of been rooting us on the whole time.
1: (laughs) She has, too. (laughs) And actually, I don't even know. It's been... Because, dare I say, God, it's been a year. Basically, it's been a year. And I think I was supposed to give her a shout in the last episode when we were coming back and planned and then things just got crazy for like a Valentine's Day or she gave us some valentines a year ago. We got in the mail all kinds of cool little things. Oh, yeah. And I was supposed to mention it on the podcast but
0: we never came back
1: and then we never came back because I just ran off into the hills like a mountain man (laughs) and I don't know if I ever thanked her so here's a belated thank you I'm glad I got my thank you in a year later
0: sounds about right for you though (laughs)
1: that is true that's how I normally operate (laughs) but if there's been anything weighing on your mind give us a call at you know the number 8637 pirate or you can shoot us an email at podcast at blackpearlshow.com it also works at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. But I think we've missed out on quite a bit of Pirates of the Caribbean news. So, you know, I think we're going to tackle that kind of stuff on upcoming shows, especially since it's been a roller coaster of rumors. There's changes to the writing team. Is Red taking the helm? The peeps are petitioning Disney, actually, I saw for the return of Jack Sparrow.
0: I thought you said pizza.
1: Not pizza, peeps. <laughs> the peeps out there. There's also a prequel rumor floating around with Zac Efron to you know doing like a young Jack Sparrow then there's also is it going to be on Disney plus is it going to be a movie so honestly there's all kinds of things that are going and it really is all over the place so I think I kind of just digest some of that and then we'll come back and talk about that on the next episode throughout some opinions all that kind of fun stuff
0: okay sounds like a plan
1: we did make a few decisions that I think everybody's going to be happy about, because after season two, Dead Man's Chest, we're going to be starting season three. That world's end seamlessly, no hiatus. And additionally, I think because we've
0: had a year of hiatus, yeah,
1: we had enough hiatuses. Hiati, <laughs> hiatus, hiatus, hiatuses, hiatus. It's one of those <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in that realm, but. We're going to get back to our roots with season three. I mean, this is the one minute at a time deal, the the, how we got started, season one kind of thing. This two minute combo really hasn't resonated with any of us. And I assume it probably hasn't resonated with the audience as much either. But one minute at a time, committing to, I think, three days a week is what we decided on.
0: I'm thinking Monday, Wednesday, Friday.
1: I think that's what we are looking at. So, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, new episodes will drop in Season 3. So, we're going to finish off Season 2 as we're going. Season 3, brand new, fresh start. And then, just a heads up, we're completely testing out the new studio here, which means possible adjustments to get the sound just right. Hopefully, all goes well, but we're going to do some fine tuning. And over the next few episodes, maybe that stuff's happening on the back end. So, I'll be listening to see if. There's any craziness happening.
0: I notice I did have to move a bobblehead.
1: Yeah, from the desk? Yeah. A, a wicked bobblehead on the new studio desk? Not anymore. That's because... It can't live there. Yeah, Scott hits actually... the
0: desk too much. I don't hit the desk. <laughs> how
1: dare you? Oh, the how dare you? It just slipped right back in. <laughs> yeah. It's like it was never gone. I really miss that. Because I don't really use it outside the show, I don't think. Have I used it lately? I really need to start using it more, though. If I haven't, I've missed it. And I do love the how dare you. It's like, you, it's like a warm blanket. It it's like time. a sleeping bag.
0: I think you use it all the time.
1: I almost dropped a how dare you See? to say that. But what the hell else has really been going on? Okay? I don't know. I was in Galveston at the end of September, early October. Sea turtle conservation stuff. But I bit it, bit it did <laughs> My throat's dry. I can't t- talk. It's this podcasting thing. It's like... I actually haven't spoke to anybody in a year. No. I only talk on the podcast. And yeah. so now I gotta relearn to talk and my voice is like closed up because I wasn't using it. It's like a cave fish, you know, when you don't use their eyes, the evolution just takes over and the eyes disappear. My throat was going away. My voice box. Your no, throat my throat. Was going yeah, away. I don't eat or anything. It's gonna die. <laughs> I visited the notorious pirate captain Jean Lafitte's house at night.
0: Oh, we were supposed to do a podcast about that. I
1: know. Yeah. We, Someday. We dropped the ball on that. But I was looking for those hellhounds that uh, supposedly haunt the area. And I tell ya, what? Nothing's like more creepy than climbing around a stone foundation in this weirdo dungeon pit thing that was there. Except like this loosely I want to call them criminal element. Just strange cars stopping on the road. You know watching. It was just bizarre. And I got like this. Kind of the heebie-jeebies. It's it's bad enough you're there wandering around at night making sure you're not going to fall off this foundation into a pit or anywhere else. But then these cars are just kind of randomly stopping and then they kind of watch and take off. And then I thought, are they wondering why this dude with a flashlight in the middle of the night was climbing around an old pirate's house? That's what I started to think about just recently. I thought, wait. I thought they were the creepy people. They're thinking I'm the creepy person. It's possible they thought I was the criminal element. I'm starting to think I'm the prowler now. I'm the damn boogeyman. All this time I thought I was the good guy. Turns out I'm the creep sneaking around abandoned houses. Nothing like a bit of different perspective to make you feel like you're part of the seedy underbelly of society. (laughs) That's who I am now. And I realized I'm the problem. I'm one of the problem people now. Yeah. I never realized that. I thought I was the good guy. It turns out no. I'm the people people worry about. I'm the person people worry about at you night.
0: You went through a fence to an abandoned building in the middle of the night, prowling around by flashlight. Yeah. You actually went and bought a flashlight so you I could did do have to.
1: I did have to go back and get a flashlight because my phone w- just was not powerful enough. And I thought, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. <laughs> so I wandered around late at night in a Walmart. Talk about seedy underbelly. But anyways, <laughs> if you haven't seen the video, it's posted in the Facebook group. And I'll probably post it to the Facebook page. And now that we're back, I'll be getting back into the social media swing of things with the help of Heather kind of prodding me along. Oh, I also know what else we have. And I should say, as I mentioned earlier, th- about 3,600 listeners where we did have them. And while I was getting back into the swing of things, kind of reimmersing immersing myself into the Pirates of the Caribbean lifestyle, I took a look at what our top episodes of all time were. Seems a bit interesting that the highest downloads correlate to a maybe a wee bit of bewitching and devilry. Well, I'm going to let you come up with the appropriate adjective after reading the top five here. And I'm going to start with number five, and I'm going to go to number one. Number five, the Walt Disney Omen. It's not as bad as I thought it was, but I think people are already thinking Disney is...
0: It's really the... Walt Disney. Number o- five. The Walt
1: Disney Omen was the title of the one of the, the top five episodes. Huh. People just think Disney is evil. There is that contingent out there for other reasons.:
0: I've never heard that. They're
1: kind of like they're monopolizing everything kind of thing, and some people well, don't like Disney for Star War, the Star Wars stuff. you know, you know how it goes. Okay. They're buying everything up. OK, Then the fourth one is, let's go sinning. Now, come on, who doesn't want to go sinning? But there you go. Number three: shameful evil little monkey. Yeah, Number three. Huh? Part of the monkey Captain hypothesis thing. you know, the whole little evil monkey. Number two, peddling flesh and Thor gets wedlocked. Come on, peddling flesh. Wow. And number one, bound and gagged. Now, hey, we know what you want out there. You want more? And I don't know if we, how much we want to go there. But I knew our audience had a Fifty Shades of Grey kind of element to it. <laughs> now I know for sure that's what you guys are into. <laughs> don't worry, everyone. It's a safe space. Maybe a safe word, I should say. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you guys choose your own safe word. But there you go. The top five.
0: That's interesting.
1: Uh-huh. I thought so, too. Huh. They all kind of have a double SM kind of feel yeah, to it. Yeah,
0: something along that line. Yeah.
1: And, of course, you throw in the the master that's pulling the strings on all that, Disney. Because Disney does tell us what to say and do. So we're part of the the Disney... I don't even know what to say. We're part of the Disney thing. Maybe. In the previous minutes? Oh, I almost forgot. Uh-oh, oh, yeah. ooh, that was a close one. It's been so long. Dare I say, do we have a pirate word of the week? Ahoy there, scallywags. Pirate word of the week in five, four, three, two. yar!
0: Cop of thunder!
1: Clap-a-thunder?
0: Yeah.
1: Or clop-a-thunder? Clap. I just wanted to say clop. Okay, clap-a-thunder.
0: So what do you think it is?
1: Well, I think it's like what we have in our show opener. It's like the thunder. Just a thunder, rum, rum, you know. I don't know. How is that a pirate word? I don't know. They're out on the sea. I got it in the opening. I mean, there is a clap of thunder That's literally what yeah, but, I call the audiophile.
0: Yeah, but... That's not like a pirate word, per se. A That's going a normal thing in life.
1: Did you hear what I said though? My guess was cannon fire. No. Damn it.
0: A strong alcoholic beverage, usually referring to a shot. Really? Yes. A clap well, of thunder. That
1: makes more sense coming from you now. See? It does. That's actually a good one. Yeah, I know. Coming back from a hiatus to a clap of thunder. Clap of thunder. I think that's something we could all use in our daily lives. Yeah, I think so. Hit me up with a clap of thunder there, matey.
0: You got it. Here you go.
1: (laughs) Nice acting there. (laughs) Oh, I like it though. And speaking of new opener, I added a couple of lines to our opening kind of intro music. Did you? Yeah, I did. You can listen for them. Kind of rejiggered it if you want to call it that. In honor of coming hear. back, I don't think you really are. In the previous minutes, what in the blimey hell? It's another Indiana Jones reference. No, I actually had to go back and look what the hell happened in the last episode. So my recap, is, see Heather doesn't even know because no, she probably no, no, didn't you, listen. You
0: you started that when you said in the preview. You started it, and it sounded like you were going to start singing in the jungle, the mighty jungle. Because I
1: said in the previous The way
0: you said it, it sounded like you were going to start singing. I'm always up for a good jungle (laughs) tune.
1: But what in the blimey hell? It's another Indiana Jones reference. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Meanwhile, Jack finally gets some curse of the Black Pearl revenge by giving Will some ore to the head action, and Norton pulls a trickster move by hiding Davy Jones' heart in his jacket while absconding with the head. The head. Not really a head. It's Dead Man's Chest. It's the Dead Man's Chest Diversion. If only he did not do the woman running from the killers in a horror movie cliche by falling down and losing the chest. Come on, Norrington. Why go with that trope? Successful diversion, though? Or just clumsiness? You make the call. Minute 120 begins with Hadris finishing his line is wasted as he scratches the chin of his decapitated shellhead. Kappa was detained. <laughs>
0: that wasn't my notes. For you all you office it. people out there.
1: He you continues. <laughs> no, I didn't steal. Yeah, you did. I'm the sayer of the minutes. He continues, I shall pry the chest away from your cold, dead hands. Norton replies, here you go, as he throws the chest to Hadris, causing him to drop his head. Minute 121 ends with Captain Jack Sparrow gloating to Davy Jones, I got a jar of dirt. And guess what's inside it? A clearly irritated Jones turns to his crew, Enough! The broadside gun began to emerge from the hole. All right. Now, we've been gone for a while, and I don't want to be the negative dude just right off the start.
0: What do you have to be negative about?
1: Well, there's a lot of things. I'm just... That's just who I am. But, okay, I'm excited to jump into some pirates and get going on this kind of stuff, but then I get hit with these minutes, and... I guess from my perspective, there's not just a lot going on from a discussion point of view, is really what I was looking at.
0: Oh. I, I was wanting
1: something more meaty to just jump into right away. And that's our own damn fault for going away and not just tackling it. Then it could have just glossed this right under the rug. Wiped it under the rug. Swept it under the rug is probably the better term. But no, here we are. So, you know, it's not that it's a bad minute. I mean, I'm actually good with minute 120. Hatter's gives Norrington the you suck and lost speech. You know, Norrington flees and Hatter's head gets left behind. You know, I'm all good with the scene, except there is something with the closed caption. It refers to the Flying Dutchman crew as henchmen. Now, are they crew or are they henchmen?
0: I mean, oh, no, no, because the. Parts of the Caribbean app thing.
1: Calls them henchmen.
0: Calls them crew.
1: Yeah, but... Okay. Flying
0: Dutchman crew. Yeah,
1: but they say in the, in the captions, I don't know if it was just... They're
0: fishy pirates.
1: They're just kind of talking to them as henchmen. I mean, fishy pirates isn't really a, a thing.
0: It's not? <laughs> no. I thought it was.
1: But I had to look up what the exact definition of henchman was. And it's a faithful follower or political supporter, especially one prepared to engage in crime or dishonest practices by way of service. I mean, it does kind of Isn't fit. that all pirates, though? Well, that's the thing. I mean, this is... It's a bit more like these guys are kind of forced or coerced crew. You know, they're they're like uh, indentured servant well, crew are, kind yeah. of thing. Indentured crew. Yeah. Because that, I think, might be more applicable. Obviously, some of the content with the evil deeds and... Not content, but they're like con- kind of content with the evil deeds, right? Yeah. Uh, But... They're pretty much like given this lackluster choice. It's either you die or you serve them board the Dutchman. Yes. So I wouldn't necessarily that they're like henchmen. I mean, maybe the problem I have is that henchmen seems to kind of more fit James Bond or like 1960s Batman villain TV <laughs> show stuff. You know, where the guys all come out kind of dressed like it. Or maybe they're minions. I don't know. But minions? I mean, or Minions. Minions are henchmen. Are the Minions henchmen in the Minions thing? Whatever that Disney show Pixar thing was. Or that's not even Pixar. Is that Universal? Who the hell does that? I don't know now.
0: I think it's maybe Universal.
1: I don't know. There we go. Henchmen, that was just something that caught my attention. The other thing is the... Hermit crab head graphics don't seem to hold up oh, very well. Oh,
0: I like the hermit crab.
1: No, but I didn't say I didn't like it, but I'm talking just the graphics of it. Do you think the graphics held up?
0: I didn't. I, I guess I didn't.
1: Did you scrutinize it?
0: I, I don't think I did because I like when the hermit crab head comes, or the head changes into a hermit crab and he's talking, what, Cantonese or something? What's he talking, you know?
1: I thought it was the English.
0: No, it's not.
1: <laughs> I don't know what it was.
0: And it goes crawling away.
1: Shouldn't we have probably looked that up though, if you're going to bring up the language?
0: Um, probably.
1: Man, now you just made us look bad. I did. On the very first back to.
0: I I thought I remembered that from episode. before though. You know, a year ago, thought we talked about what language he's speaking. I do
1: remember s- researching that at some point. Now we're going to have yeah. to go back. We just look like buffoons now. Good we job. We do. Sorry. But. I'm not saying that I don't like the hermit crab thing. It's when Hadris is like swivels into the hermit crab to follow if we want to the henchman.
0: No henchman. It is universal, by the way. Is it universal? Yeah.
1: It just seems a bit out of place in terms of graphics, like integrating with the footage, the movie footage. I mean, it's like they cut the hermit crab budget for Davy Jones. And so I just imagine this whole scenario. It's like, hey, Bill, this Davy Jones looks like crap. Well, you know, we could skimp on the hermit crab graphics. You know, we could use that money to dial Davy Jones in. And then the guy's like, you know, I tell you, I think it's going to be a big mistake. Jones will look great, but you know, 14 years, these super HD TVs will be out and people are going to go, damn, that hermit crab sucks. That's, that's my like idea of how this Of how this kind of evolved. This
0: conversation that went on?
1: this that behind the scenes kind of conversation. Okay. I mean, I'm good with that. Because I think Davy Jones looks spectacular. I think that they're just like, the money that went into the hermit crab wasn't quite as much money as it went into the Davy Jones look. But the real thing on my list, it's like, what the hell is with that short exchange of dialogue between Will and Elizabeth? You know what I'm talking about? Because when they're there, there's like, you see the Hadris thing. They're on the island, right? Yeah. The crew, the Dutchman crew, start to wander off. And all of a sudden, we get kind of basically a flash to the, to the ship, right? Yeah. Then there's this quick, like, so there's this short exchange between Will and Elizabeth. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's like a quick break to Pintel and Rigetti. And then Marty's pulling the rope. And so it's like they all have these lines that they're pulling. And it's like pulling too hard and not pulling hard enough. And then it jumps back to Jack and Gibbs talking, right? Yeah. I just thought that was just so kind of weird and messy. Because well, I was expecting Pentel and Ragetti to like cut to break up a scene. I mean, I can see that. You know, Will and Elizabeth, that kind of stuff. But it never delivers or goes back to them. It's like.
0: Well, they had to I, get out of there.
1: But I don't know what the purpose of any of it is. It's like, okay, humor between Patel and Rigetti. I mean, it's not overly great. No, I mean, I well, really it's just background. More. Yeah, but the main thing, Will and Elizabeth. I mean, is this just a bit of exposition to catch the audience up? And then it's like, if it is if it is exposition, it's like, or they're trying to catch us up, it's like, from what then? Because we know everything that happened. There's no need to see Will wake up just to ask about the chest, is there? Why do we need to see Will wake up to ask about the chest? just so you
0: know they're both on the ship.
1: Maybe that's it. Is that what it is? Just so we know that they got aboard the ship?
0: Yeah, probably.
1: But it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, couldn't they have just been there? Like in the background? With Jack and Gibbs talking? I mean, we already know Elizabeth drank the Norrington as a hero thing. You know, the self-sacrifice Kool-Aid thing. (laughs) But what's going on? I mean, it's like all weirdly abrupt and I don't think there's really any payoffs for it. It would have almost been better if we start with Jack and Gibbs kicking off the conversation or more general background work by the crew that pans to Jack and Gibbs. Then we maybe see Elizabeth and Will in the background. I think that would have worked better. I don't know if I needed to actually Willdo, see, who, who, see Will wake up and that's just pet peeve stuff happening there.
0: Maybe it was to say to show that she still has feelings for Will.
1: Maybe they're trying to show that she's the, making
0: sure he's okay before dynamic. she goes on to what the, everything that needs to be done to get the that's ship possible, ready,
1: I guess. I mean, it's just a minor thing, I mean, but it nags at me. It's like it nags at me, <laughs> and, and maybe they cut some dialogue out. Maybe there was something supposed to be there and they cut that, but then transition it better.
0: Maybe that's it.
1: That's just my thought. Not that I want to be all negativo on... uh,
0: You seem to be a lot today, actually.
1: It's all been built up in me for a year. Now I gotta unleash it. It's like unleashing the Kraken. It's all just gotta come out. (laughs) i tell you what I do like, though, about Minute 121. It's the jar of dirt dichotomy. It's like it completely shows the difference between Jack and... Jones there. Davy Jones, in case you... Forgot who that was. The
0: childish nature of Jack. Yeah, he's going. I got a dollar. Yes, like exactly. On, uh, when he's going, I got a dollar. I got a dollar. You know that what from? movie that is? No, the Little Rascals.
1: Is that what it is? I he's thought. going.
0: I got a dollar. I got a dollar. Is that what
1: that is? Maybe it is, yeah. or is that like an Eddie Murphy SNL no. thing?
0: I, it may be that too, but it's a. It is. Uh, I
1: don't Little know. Rascals. I'm kind of getting an Eddie Murphy vibe on it. Whatever a buckwheat vibe.
0: It's not buckwheat. Who's got it? I'm just somebody saying. Somebody else.
1: I, I don't know who has it. I'm just. That's just the vibe I'm getting. But Jack, yeah, he has that whimsical, almost childlike kind of gullibility and gloating. Kind yeah. Of thinking he has the upper hand. Like uh, I don't <laughs>
0: think there is an upper hand. with No, but uh, he David thinks Jones. he does.
1: He thinks he does. Yeah, though. but I'm saying. I, I mean, don't he's think... he's really going at it though with him. Like, hey, because <laughs> he, he he thinks he's got it all taken care of here. And then on the other side of the ship jones and not other side of the ship but the other ship jones like he'd care less what the hell jack is even spouting off about he kind of sees him bumbling around he's like an end-up fool It's like i don't got time for this bs i ain't got time for that that's exactly (laughs) what he's saying it's like he's bypassing any response and going straight to the cannons idea and i like that it's forget like the repartee and let's get down to business black and white I'm going to blast your ass.
0: Yeah. I'm done with this dude. Yeah. He's caused me all kinds of headaches. Exactly. He ran away from his duties, basically. Oh, that's
1: another kind of Indiana Jones reference. It, it, loosely. Very loosely. This is just me saying it's similar. You just grabbed ah, at straws. Stop. No grasping at straws. Because it's... Okay, it's not like a reference to it. It's similar to Indiana Jones, Rest, you know, gotta get going... Doesn't have time for the sword-wielding Arab guy. I can't think of where they were at the time. Otherwise, I'd identify him. But the guy does his sword routine. Indy just is like, oh my gosh, and pulls out his gun and blasts him. You know?
0: it's <laughs> like, That's kind of that. this bad. thing
1: here. He's like, okay, this idiot's waving around his jar of dirt. Enough. Let's just get the cannons and get this over with. This guy's a fool. But I think that's part of Jack's personality kind of quirks, too. I mean, he has these immature moments, but then he usually follows it up with, like, a moment of extreme clarity and, like, cunningness. It's like, I can't believe I'm going to say it again for the 100th time, but he is like a Bugs Bunny character. It's all the same <laughs> elements, no doubt. Very foolish, acting childish, and then all of a sudden he's like a damn genius sometimes. It's weird. Yeah. And that, I think that just plays into his character. And the gloating kind of thing. So I like that. We also get a great shot of the Flying Dutchman's cannons at the very, very last minute. Oh, yeah. The gun ports are pretty much top notch, I thought. The details are incredible. Yeah. I mean, the entire ship is spooky. I was just watching when it like pops up. Just the barnacles and the crustiness of it. I mean, it's a crusty ship. But,
0: and, and the crew members are also crusty.
1: Yeah, so it goes hand in hand. But the faces, they seem to be like oozing from the hole on the, the faces that are carved yeah. in there. And I think, you know, it almost kind of reminds me of, or maybe I'm wondering, it's like if they're um, part of that indentured crew that were absorbed like Wyvern. Yeah. Remember that guy's oh, yeah. becoming part of the ship? Yeah. I'd like to think that those guys are were once other crewmen, and then they just kind of became mm-hmm. part of the hull of the ship. Ah, that'd be nice. You know, it's like a...
0: I want to be a gun port. <laughs> yeah. It's better than just
1: going right into the ship. But why not uh, have a cannon come out of your mouth and you can just blast people. And uh, what they call it is gun ports were pierced, actually. So they're not like put or placed, you know, dug out. So gun ports are pierced on the side of the hull of a ship. Okay. You know, they, they come out, the yeah. cannons come out. So, yeah, it's called pierced. Huh. And uh, so I did some looking into it. And so it appears that there could be some intervals. It could have been like 2.4 to 2.7 meters that they would usually be at these equal intervals on a ship. Though some were also pierced at the bow and then at the stern of ships for chase guns. And their size was adapted to the caliber of the artillery, too. For instance, a gun port with a 36-pounder, kind of a long gun here, yeah, was 1.2 meters wide. Which wow. Is pretty good. Then on ships with several decks, they would never pierce one on top of the other as to better, like, distribute the load of the guns and the weight. And just to make sure that there was, like, you know, to prevent, like, a weakness of the hull. You know, you didn't want a bunch of these things just lined right up on top of each other. Oh, yeah. You know, because then you're putting these cutouts, if you want to call it that, on the ship. And they weren't merely, like, holes in the hull, either. Holes in the hull. Try and say that a bunch of times. (laughs) But the kind of artillery positions that had to withstand the weight of the cannons and the recoil forces of shots. You know, you see the cannons like blast backwards. We've seen Yeah, that they in have some like the ropes ones. or something holding them. Uh huh. And so to this end, they kind of feature these strong beams and rings to which the complex kind of like rigging that held the guns in place were attached, which is the ropes that you were talking yeah. about. So, in effect, naval guns mounted behind gun ports were more comparable to the guns installed in kind of ladder turrets than to mobile like army field guns. So they oh, were kind okay. of like mounted things. And then uh, some real world examples of ornate gun ports because I thought, you know, that's pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's kind of spooky if you're looking at it. Yep. You just have a regular old wooden thing that opens up and then you look across and somebody else has some kind of crazy mouth gun face thing. You're like, uh, it's a little unsettling. So I uh, was doing some work on... Uh, ornate gun ports and yep i found at least one and this was the vasa and i think we talked about this on the show before remember this was the the king of sweden's like prize flagship and this was 1628 or so and it was supposed to be like the world's greatest warship in the swedish navy this is like the greatest thing ever you know it's like the titanic of warships in 1628 and like the titanic for a few hours, basically. She sank after heading out to sea in a squall. Okay? Well,
0: that's not good.
1: Didn't even really go anywhere. So anyways, the we went through that whole story. But the gun port of the Vasa had a carved lion's head mounted upside down on the inner side. So when... You open the door, they would flip oh, up. It would be. Then it would be right side up when it swung up. It would, huh. So not only showing the muzzle of the cannon, but also there's like the snarling face of this lion that was paint, uh, painted uh, like blood dripping from its muzzle. Oh, wow. And I think I might have some photos that I got or a link at least. And I'll post that in the Facebook group. And being that I am back, I will make sure to do this without a reminder. So I'm going to like hop off and do this right away so as not to be called out by people for saying <laughs> I'm going to post it and then never posting it. That's definitely something.
0: Well, the ship coming out of the water is just scary. Anyway, the whole, the whole scene, it so is. you gotta imagine the sh- you're on the black pearl. And all of a sudden this ship comes shooting out of the water, like a rocket.
1: Almost like, uh, what was that? Uh, Kind of the hunt for Red October with, this oh, Red with October the Red October kind of shoots out of the water. Yeah. Or was it the October? Some One of the ships, one of the subs came out of the water. But anyways.
0: But it's like 10 feet away from the Black Pearl.
1: I know. That would be pretty unsettling.
0: Talking distance.
1: I always get frightened when I see that. Is Those guys got to hang on. Because you could get left behind. Yeah. Going underwater Yeah, like right. That, and coming up. And you, it'd be so easy if you're not paying attention. You just get swept overboard.
0: And uh, Davy is gonna fire upon the black pearl. Does he think he has his heart?
1: No, but because he go, has the chest, we can't go into that right now
0: because he has the chest.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we can't go into that right now because that would be future minutes for those who are that. So he, Davy thinks he has the chest. We'll just say that. Yeah, his, yes, yeah, Davy thinks he has the chest. Or he has the heart.
0: Okay, that was one now question. you just
1: spoiled it for everybody, bringing that up. But yeah, he thinks well, he has the We know
0: he doesn't have it. We
1: know that he knows that she knows.
0: We know it's not in the chest, so I'm not spoiling anything. Davy's got That's the chest. You're right.
1: We know it's not in there. Davy thinks he's got it. They walk off all giddy. Remember? Yeah. The henchmen with, walk off all giddy. Like yeah, we got it behind. Yeah. That's right. So that's yeah. why he doesn't give a rat's ass what yeah. Jack is spouting off with the jar of dirt. He's like, I'm just blast this fool. I got stuff to do. We also get uh, kind of a a bit of some sweeping shots of both the Black Pearl and the Flying Dutchman. G- kind of the crew thing. Not just the ships that we saw. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, we see some new characters that we haven't really discussed before on either side. And there's actually a reason for that. These are the poor, uncredited pirates. The, the pirates that showed up, they just didn't get just any any movie love. Yeah. So no names, just faces. Sometimes some blurred faces or, you know, hard workers in the background. Stunt men and women. The unknown stuntman. man. <laughs> ah, I'm so running so to come back and just do the fall guy unknown stuntman,
0: Because
1: <laughs> I mentioned that now. But I'm going to skip it. I'm not going to do any song kind of thing. You know, I'm not going to sing about Farrah Fawcett and the guy did Kiss and Tell, you know, that kind of stuff. Because it's not the 80s anymore. I got to let go of the 80s in my, my ute. Um, but it's not hard to identify. Ah, the unknown stuntman. Okay, so in true 80s Fall Guy fashion, here's my ode to those uncredited pirates of the Flying Dutchman, maybe the Black Pearl. Now, a lot of these guys have miscellaneous crew credits for things that, you know, all over the place. So I'm just going to focus on their acting roles for this purpose. So let's see what we got. Although I keep trying this because I keep hoping, but we're never going to be as good as that one episode where we had like that. We ran down the list of those people and we had some really crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I keep coming back to this because that was I love that, but it keeps disappointing me. But I'm going to go for it again. I'm giving it another shot. Steven Anna Zix. Eh, something like that. He's that kind of Black...
0: sounds like a medication.
1: <laughs> That's true. He's a Black Pearl pirate. Uncredited. As I said, all these are uncredited. Nothing really here except an interesting character name from a pilot episode of Mismanagement from 2015 Jim Beaver.
0: <laughs> okay that was sad, sad.
1: <laughs> that's sad but that's all i got for that guy mcgrubble <laughs> weaver and it's all one Aww. word okay there you go guy chapman he's a black pearl pirate flying dutchman pirate too doing a bit of a double team there nothing besides a bossy stand-in and i was like you know bossy stand-in that's all you're gonna give me how dare you brian feldman black pearl pirate he shows up back in uh at world's end as a new world pirate also uncredited, as I said. Bonus for Brian is that not only did he play God in a movie, but a flesh fair goer in Steven Spielberg's AI, which I thought was kind of ironic. God <laughs> in one film, a flesh fair goer in another. Kind of makes you think. It's like juicy, you know, uh, di- kind of opposite polar ends here. But I give him 10 Hail Marys for having the opposite spectrum here. <laughs> David Hanninger... Black Pearl Pirate Now this is interesting And let me see if you can even spot a few similarities In this kind of breakdown here He played man number one In i uh, in Parks and Rec Man number two In One Sunday Afternoon Monster number two In iCarly Coworker number two in Charlie Thistle Monster and all that Hobgoblin and Marvel Comics Spider-Man video game and voice to character in Hell A cyberpunk thriller video game got a lot of man number 2 worker number 2 all that yeah. kind of stuff. Patrick Hume Black Pearl Pirate by far has the most successful acting career with like 62 plus credits in his acting thing alone. But let me just break down his most like enigmatic roles for you here. Something that I dare say is a, the stuff of legends if you want to call it that. Earl the Eel. Quite topical for this kind of movie here. Creepy Patron. I mean, Heather knows that all too well. <laughs> Methhead Willie. Wow. Come on. You know you're doing good when you got Methhead Willie. Yeah. Mayo Guy. Come on. Who Mayo Guy? Mayo Guy. Scraggly Guy. Snake Hat. Loser. I mean, why spice it up when you can Jeez. just be plain old simple loser? <laughs> Psycho Eddie. Man in the Shadows. Slave Hunter. And with all that, we end our Patrick Hume list with a superstar role. Jesus. Oh, uh, wow. He redeemed himself.
0: Yeah, I guess so.
1: The light has shone on Mr. Patrick there. Jonathan Kite, Black Pearl Pirate. You might know him best as Oleg from Two Broke Girls. And the best character name that he has, it kind of has a McDonald's feel. McDemon. Yeah, I'll take the McDemon with fries, please. (laughs) And a Coke, my God. Since they don't serve Pepsi. Not that I want to get anybody riled up in the group because I prefer Pepsi over Coke. Now the war has started. Jeez. Unleash the McDemon. Fred Mask, Black Pearl Pirate. Besides his uncredited role here, he was a tensio, the poor pirate in Pirates of the Caribbean, Tales of the Code wedlocked. And, of course, a vampire camp leader in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend episode. Last but not least, Clark McClath... Man. Okay.
0: What was that? Clark
1: McClanathan, McClanathan Clark McClanathan Let's go with that. Okay. Black Pearl Pirate, Flying Dutchman Pirate. Actually, this is one of two acting credits. Yeah, he did both. Served double duty. Double teamed it. The other was, uh, you know, so yeah. So this is like his uncredited role. But the other one that was on his kind of list is the highfalutin Lord O'Brien in North Kingdom. Yeah, so he was a highfalutin there. Okay. And then since we're ending with a bit of royalty, I thought we could uh, go over some proper English stuff here. Because English class is in session, by God.
0: <laughs>
1: we got a couple of interesting word choices, I thought, in minute 121. So while Jack is gloating with his jar of dirt, the famed jar o' dirt.
0: I got a jar of dirt. Exactly. I got a jar of dirt. You know it well.
1: Uh, right before he tumbles down the stairs. We ask... don't
0: know he tumbles down the stairs yet. <gasps> yeah, we do. What are you doing? Yeah. I lied to you.
1: Have you seen this movie? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I watched it last night. <laughs> there you
1: go. So, while he's, so he tumbles down the stairs and he's asking Jones if he lost something, right? Yeah. He says congealy, or so the closed captions led me to believe. So according to a trusty translator on the internet, because the internet is always true, it's never wrong. The internet doesn't lie. Congeli translated from Italian to English, means to freeze, to chill, or even to terrify. So it could fit. Kind of the terrify aspect. Jack asking Jones if he's terrified of his jar of dirt or, you know, of his lost heart, which he doesn't actually know he's, it's lost. Unless he's telling Jones and his crew to stand down. Don't attack the pearl as I have a jar of dirt and, you know. But actually, if you don't let the captions trick your ear, he actually says Skunjeely.
0: Skunjili?
1: Yeah. What's that, like a It's a nice pasta? relative of kunjili. Uh, but no, skunjili. Uh, works much better in this phrase, and context, let's say, not phrase. Basically, it's a mollusk, or like a conch. It's used for food, you know? Oh, okay. Uh, the Italian dialect and the first known usage was 1945, according to Marion Webster's Dictionary. Hmm. I'm okay with them sliding this one in, calling uh, Davy Jones scungili. Yeah. It, it, it kind of has a nice proper feel to it, but you're still calling basically a mollusk head.
0: Yeah. He's so I'm down actually an octopus head, but okay.
1: Mollusk. I think they're the same, right? I don't know. How does that work? Cephalopod. Oh, that, that's oh. what I Oh. Hey, I was uh, momentarily, Had
0: momentarily forgot biology. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Good thing I don't do that for a living. The other word kind of for the class today that I got uh, is git. Not like get, but get, git. G I T. Jack like calls git? Jones a slimy git. Slimy git. And according to dictionary.com, because Miriam, I just was like, wasn't getting the feel for it on this one. But it's British slang for a foolish or contemptible person. The bad news, the first recorded usage, which is in 1945 to 1950. So it's like uh. two 1945 words right off the go here. I mean, it's not quite the period, but hell, it's British. We'll Just <laughs> give them that. And by the way. Slimy is a Middle English word dating back to 1350 to 1400 and slime well before the year 1000. So it's like if you bring those together, then you can even them out and it becomes time period. It's like the averages kind of thing. An average thing. And then diving a bit deeper, another source cites the word git first appeared in print in 1946, but is undoubtedly older. Uh, But this was just like an unsighted suggestion as the original form has its roots dating back to the 14th century as we kind of were talking about. But it is originally like this alternation of the word get. So it is get, get kind of thing, which is a shortening of beget. So get insinuates that the recipient is someone's misbegotten offspring and therefore a bastard in parts of Northern England, Northern Ireland and Scotland. Get is still used in kind of preference to get. And the get form is used in the Beatles song. I'm so tired. So here's my takeaways here. If you travel to the UK, try out a few gets and gets and see where that lands you. Just just go for it. It's a Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean Black Pearl Show experiment. See what happens. If you Try calling somebody a bastard like that. I mean, it sounds as though Jack basically calls Jones a bastard. Here's kind of what I'm getting at. But it's, it's almost like it's too harsh for a Disney flick. So it's like, hey, why don't we just go with git? And then, hell, add slimy for the proper effect. Slimy git. And people won't know. And then we also get some classic name-calling in Minute 121, too. I mean, besides Jack calling Jones a bastard, he throws out Fish Face. Nothing says, I think I had the upper hand, like, starting the conversation with a Fish Face. Call out. I mean, come on. And then throwing in Slimy Bastard for good measure. I mean, there you go. That's what I can get behind. (laughs) Then I also thought that there was some, uh, in this whole kind of scene... Actually, this is kind of getting back. I probably should have brought this up earlier. But... I was kind of wondering if there's some kind of like foreshadowing happening with all of this going kind of all the stuff that's going bad. Not in the way Jack thinks right now. Yeah. Because literally just before the Dutchman pops up, Gibbs is commenting on like how they escaped all as well. Oh. Glad we got the hell out of there. Yeah. All this fancy dancy. Then on cue, the Flying Dutchman just surfaces. And it's like this overconfident Gibbs kind of thing. And then now, and that's what we saw there. Right at that point. Okay, so here's the tie-in to now. Now, so we saw Gibbs, overconfident Gibbs, saying how they got the hell out of there. The Flying Dutchman pops up. Okay, now we're not as good as we just thought we were. Cut to right now when Jack is calling these names. Now Jack is actually the one who's displaying the same confident behavior because he thinks he's got heart action in the jar. Yeah. And the jar of dirt that's blessed by Tia Dalma kind of thing. So he thinks he's got like the, uh, the golden ticket. And he should have just kind of paused a second and said, wait a second. Gibbs was confident and now look what happened. Maybe I should think about this before going down <laughs> this fish calling road here. This fish name calling road. So that, that was just my thought. Yeah, it's I'm kind not... of a foreshadowing. I don't know. It's, it's almost like two bad news. I'm confident bad news stuff happening right in a row. Then we also get a shot at Cotton steering the ship. I like that. And I only bring that up because we ended up with a David, you know, kind of signed photo. And it wasn't on purpose either. I'm, it's like surfing Amazon to see what... I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, I'd love to see what kind of Pirates of the Caribbean stuff we could get for the new studio. And I'm checking some stuff out. I'm looking at photos and posters and autographs. And like, oh, there's this cool thing from this premier German autograph company supposedly is reputable. And all of some boom, I'm fumbling my phone like an idiot. Like I have boobs. <laughs> Heather remembers this. It's like bouncing all over the place. And then all everything's all said and done. And I'm like, what is this is weird. Almost looks like I just bought something. How did that happen? What is going on here? How's this possible? Because I didn't buy anything. Oh, it turns out I did. Yeah. Apparently I had inadvertently like hit the buy now button and it like skips all this process. It it says you bought it. And takes you back. And I thought, well, that's just a sidled maneuver. <laughs> it's like you bought something you didn't know because your fingers were rogue when you were being a hoof-handed person because you couldn't hold on to your phone. Sure enough, boom, Cotton shows up from Germany. I mean, it could have been worse. But now Grace is the wall of the studio. Yep. Kind of our now pop culture wall. It. It's posted in the picture of the studio I posted to the Facebook group.
0: You notice when he's actually steering the Black Pearl... He's really got that squinty eye thing. Going yeah, he was inside. doing the whole squinty
1: eye thing. The for picture's
0: sure. not like that here.
1: No, that's the one. The picture is of him in the rowboat
0: going to Tia Dalma. Yeah,
1: I'll put a picture of that on the Facebook group too. Not that I want to do too many promises because it'll be hard for me to keep up. I mean, two, my God, that the work that it'll take to post two things on the Facebook group.
0: I want to mention about Gibbs here. He asks yeah. uh, Jack where the Commodore is. Well, Norrington, because he's no longer Commodore. And then Jack says, well, he fell behind. And Gibbs says, my prayers be with him. But, or best not to wallow in our grief. And then he goes on, glad you made it on the ship, okay? And
1: Well, come on. Nobody really likes Norrington. And it's, okay, we should throw him a bone and pretend to grieve for two seconds. Two seconds. <laughs> Woo! Now that we got that out of the way, we can get on with Scunjili face over here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it really is like, oh, poor Norrington. All right, here we go. And I think that's appropriate because Norrington has been pretty much a bastard.
0: He's slimy, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, let's just leave it. I'll just leave it at he's that. Slimy. He's He He's just been all over the place and we all know he's just trying to get back in the good graces of yeah. the crown and all that kind of stuff and whatever else he could get back into good graces. But yeah, that is a good kind of transition of acknowledging where Norrington is, but nobody gives a rat's ass. Yeah. But they'll just give a couple of fine words because it's the right thing to do. And that's- we'll kill people, but we should at least acknowledge that Norrington is no longer with us. The black bones will sail years into the future. Will prevail. Finally, we've conquered death. All our worries gone. Every night our souls will rest till the break of dawn. When the shoe
0: that's part of the everybody's back on the ship part you don't care much for. The, because then they, they start with Will and Elizabeth, yeah, yeah, then they right. go to Pintella or Getty, and then it's Jack and Gibbs, and that's, that's how right. Jack and Gibbs start their conversation. Well, I think that that,
1: yeah, okay, so, and I don't have a problem necessarily with being back on the ship. The problem I had was the weird two-second Elizabeth and Will conversation. Just start with Jack and Gibbs and Pan the Crew and we see all that. Come on.
0: Well you needed to see Pentello and Rigetti I arguing. I started you could see the I
1: we could see them
0: arguing it's as It's just a the pulling. Will thing. The Will and
1: Elizabeth. It was just weirdly out of place for me. I don't know.
0: Well, their relationship is kind of weird in this movie anyway.
1: Yeah, but two seconds? Come on. if we need it? Yeah, but... Who the hell's... I gotta look up the it's editor. A, it's I'm gonna a, send him a, a verbal slap across the face.
0: It's a strange relationship they have in this movie. Yeah, but
1: they didn't, the it didn't give us anything with that. I can't believe you've rehashed this. Now I'm getting all flustered at this scene again. I said it nags at me and you brought it back up? How dare you? Honestly. No, but it doesn't do anything for me. It's just like there for two seconds. We see him wake up. Where's the chest? Oh, the chest. (laughs) And then we're gone. (laughs) I could... We could have cut that out. We could have went on. Went on with our pirate lives and seen Jack and Gibbs and the crew panning around. Could have seen them in the background. I don't think we really needed to see anything. I could be wrong. Maybe we did need to see it. Maybe everybody else needed to see it, but I should have closed my eyes.
0: I tell you, it must be there for... So, you see, Elizabeth still cares for Jack. Okay, that could be
1: Jack. Ooh. I mean, for for Will. Boom. And that's the Freudian Sorry. slip of this whole movie: is the playing off the Jack and Elizabeth. Oh, Ooh. so apt your breakdowns are over there.
0: <laughs>
1: Whatever, dude. <laughs> How's he serious? I don't know. Did you have anything else? No, I'm
0: good. I will
1: say that it feels good to be back at the helm. Pirate code and all. And of course, thanks for listening, Scallywags. If you like the show give us a review on itunes it helps us grow actually it's not even pro- called itunes anymore it's like apple Podcasts. give us a review on apple podcast stitcher tune in wherever else you get podcasts from give us a review there because it does help the show grow and we'd greatly appreciate it especially since we've just come back and trying to rebuild the audience if you have a question or comment give us a call at 8637 pirate We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlshow.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. I should probably get back to the Twitter thing. I haven't done it in a long time. But anyways, all the links are at blackpearlshow.com. It is that easy. And of course...
0: You haven't done anything in a long time, by the way.
1: (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. How... (laughs) That's just rude. And of course, we're delivering Pirates of the Caribbean info to the masses as the filthy, dirty bilge rats we are. Analyzing, scrutinizing, and plundering. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode as we count down the end of Dead Man's Chest, roll into season three three times a week. There we go we we'll call it good now, Give me that rum There's not enough for me All I want is to be free And hail Captain Blood On and on eternally With life of piracy Hail the curse of Gilmiki. And hail Captain Blood Hail Captain Blood Listening to the Black Pearl Show. And we appreciate it, scallywags. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum filled sweat. As for the music, that's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well that's just me. Oh, maybe Heather. <laughs> This is a Shoutreach Media Production.